Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, feline friends. This is Michelle Fern, your host on Catitude. Today I have with me the author of a book that is unlike any other cat book you've ever read. I promise you, I've read so, so many, so many. And this is unlike any other book I've ever read. And I'm really excited to introduce this author. We're going to do that as soon as we get back from this break. We'll be right back. You know how every house you go to has a certain smell like... You know, my grandmother's house used to smell like, like, uh, cooked cabbage all the time, kind of stinky. And I have a friend of mine, her house always smells like incense burning. I feel like I'm in a different country. It's very, you know, exotic smelling. Well, that's okay. But one thing I don't want my house smelling like is a zoo because I have three cats and two dogs. And with three cats, you have a lot of litter boxes. I really don't want that litter box smell to greet you when you come into my house. So what I use is Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. It seals and destroys the odor on contact for a seven-day odor-free home guaranteed. So Don't let your house smell like a litter box just because you have kitties. Get Arm & Hammer Clump & Seal. Arm & Hammer, more power to you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Catitude, and I have with me today as a guest, Justin Donner. He is the author of Ninja Cat, Whiskers of Choice, and Justin Donner is the author, and it is edited by his son, Corgan Donner. So welcome, Justin, and congrats on creating a highly unusual book about cats and other animals. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Okay. First, how would you describe your book to people? Because it's not typical, a typical type of book at all. No, it's more like a kid graphic novel. We were really aiming for something that can set the tone for the entire series. So there will be more Ninja Cats to come. Part two is in the works already. And as the book grows along with my son, then the illustrations will also get a little more detailed. And the content will also grow along with what my kid's going through. So it's stuff him and his friends can kind of refer to and I'll learn about whatever is relevant for the age they're in. Okay. And so how old was he when you did Whiskers of Choice? 10. He just turned 11, but he was 10 when we started working on it. So I asked him about, you know, kid issues and things that he was interested in and then sort of uh, injected the finance because although he wouldn't admit that he was interested in it yet, I figured it was a good time to expose him to it and let him know about uh, some of these things in the financial world that a lot of people don't get exposed to until at least young adulthood. Yes. And 
That's very true. I mean, it, it talks about other things too in the book, but the fact that you brought up, you know, it goes over finance, even compounding interest. And yes, I did <laughs> yeah. say that everyone compounding interest in a cat book, but it makes sense because it teaches a good lesson. And it's good to learn that lesson when you're young, because then you're better suited for when you do have the money, you know, when you're adult, when all that comes yeah. into play, or even as a young person, you know, if you have allowance or a little, you know, little part-time job or something. So, but before, let's not get into all this. So how did you first <laughs> come up with the idea of Ninja Cat? Well, I'm I'm an illustrator, always have been. My son loves cartooning and drawing with me, too. So we uh, have a, a, a cat. We, we got a cat, um, Lando, who is the inspiration for Ninja Cat, obviously. And just wanting to kind of integrate things in our life to make the story more compelling and have a little more meaning. As my son was getting older and I was itching to write another book, uh, just all these things sort of came together and it turned into a really good teaching opportunity and a creative outlet and sort of a perfect storm of just a lot of things between uh, my son getting older and learning how to read and write better and having a cat and, you know, just looking for another creative outlet. Everything just sort of coalesced into this, into this story, into this book. Okay. And I think I'm no answer to this, but this is the first Ninja Cat book. It is. It okay. is. And we're, or yep. You have a huge cast. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, we went with a really big cast because we're trying to set the stage for the, uh, like a society, like, a, you know, it's, it's obviously um, animals that are walking around talking and playing video games, which isn't exactly realistic. But the, you know, the metaphor is there for, you know, different people, different backgrounds, different perspectives. Uh, different personalities, different communication styles, different emotional, behavioral uh, approaches, just all of that is much easier to, uh, I think, tell stories through animals. So uh, we wanted to get all those characters out there representing different types of people in society so that with these issues that are sure to come up as my son gets older, I can help him, you know, address these things, expose him to some tough topics and hopefully teach a thing or two using these characters to explain those. So we're really setting the stage with Ninja Cat for the future of the stories as these characters are more thoroughly developed. And like I said, when the novel gets a little more detailed, then those characters are really going to come to life more and are really going to be able to provide good examples of, you know, situations that are going to come up inevitably that I've been through, we've all been through, but until you go through them, you often don't even know about them. So it's really about that exposure. And I want to share with everyone listening that you don't just say, this is Lando, this is skunk, this is old school, this is, you give little descriptions underneath, which is really cool. Like rabbit, you have wants to be a chef. Or Do you remember all these or should you tell me? Yeah, well, yeah, the characters just, I wanted to include a lot of traits and things that I knew about, too. Right, because they just, they're not just, you know, rabbit, you know, has um, a floppy ears and this and that. You have, you know, that he wants to be a chef. You gave them all a lot of, gave the characters a lot of character, you know, a lot of descriptives yeah, sure. that just made them, I guess, more realistic. Yeah, and as as the stories will develop, then, like, with, you know, those traits then there will be examples later and even through the website as that gets a little more developed 
with like, it's a segue to like nutrition tips or other health related tips. So each of these characters with those traits allow me to then more vet those concepts and provide examples of certain behaviors through these, you know, complex characters. Very interesting and very clever. Very clever because you're developing like a little world, you know, and have yeah, and with yeah, the character. Really clever. Yeah, but what I was uh, thinking with that is that, you know, whenever a parent talks to their kid, only so much really gets heard, right? At a certain point, yep. it's sort of just blah, 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 parent talk. But when you have these characters, then I can refer back to them. And mention when something comes up, Corrigan's even, you know, said to me like, oh, that's like when, you know, this happens with Ninja Cat or like, that's like when Lone Shark, you know, set these rates. And it's like, oh my gosh, these characters as a reference point really help drive home the ideas that uh, the story is conveying. Okay, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to talk more about the lessons in the book and how did you come to put compounding interest in the cat book? We'll be right back. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everyone. We're listening to Catitude, and I have with me my very special guest, author Justin Donner. He wrote, and his son Corgan edited it, the book, and it's called Ninja Cat, Whiskers of Choice. And I think I really love the idea, Justin, that you're teaching these lessons, and it's like a, another way that you're, you can teach your children. And like you were saying just before, how your son can relate better to the book than sometimes hearing the parent, you know, you, you know, the parent. How, yeah. What made you decide to, because this book discusses owing money and, you know, living within your means, why you don't want to end up owing. And for most people, well, for most people, I think it's more, you know, credit card debt than loan sharks, but, and how interest compounds and how a little bit, small amount of money can turn into something that's 10 times that amount. So how did that idea come to you for this book? Uh, well, a lot of it's my own unfortunate um, experiences learning those things on the fly. I got my first credit card in college and did not really grasp how that played out. And all of a sudden you wind up owing nearly 
nearly twice what you you spent and it's it's really unfortunate i you know recently switched uh the last couple of years uh careers in finance now and um license i have a trading license and advising license and so learning more and more about the industry and the way that our economy operates both globally and domestically the idea of you know physical money saving money simply adding up enough money to buy things is not really how the world works anymore we're on a credit system a loan system you earn money you know interest rates if you're not investing you're probably not gonna have enough for retirement you know you're not just gonna be able to just go to work and save similarly you don't buy a car or a house you take out a loan you take out a mortgage you're always dealing with these interest rates and it's kind of abstract and if you're not exposed to it at a young age, I just feel like you're going to really have a hard time moving forward. And I think one need look no further than current, you know, economic data and the amount of people who don't have anything really saved, who aren't prepared for retirement, who have as much money going out as they have coming in. And it's really becoming a a world, or at least in the United States anyway, a a really big problem that if is it not addressed, um, it's looking like a pretty interesting economic future to say the least for the youth. I mean, I'm not exactly old, but I'm not young either at 39. And I know that, you know, my son is going to need to get started, I think sooner than even I did. I'm barely involved in saving up that nest egg and some of those other things where I feel like I'm, you know, far behind given the 25-ish years until retirement, I mean, that's not that long to save up quite a bit. So I just wanted to make sure that that concept, you know, that I'm, you know, not only learning myself, but have lived through is not new to my son when he finally moves out and starts getting his own things, getting his own money, saving, spending, all that. And of course, for your son, but so true for so many other children out there and teenagers out there, you know, young teenagers and for just people, people in general, you know, so. Yeah, you shouldn't need financial licenses to understand it, but you kind of do. So I'm trying to really do my part to give back. Well, I loved how it came about. And I also love that it's, you know, talked about in it's set in financial district, New York City, right? Well, actually, it's Minneapolis. Oh, it's actually, Minneapolis. sorry. Yeah, I know it looks. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a little imagined, but it's it's that's where I live. I work downtown Minneapolis, and we actually have a little financial district down there too. So I sort of borrowed that, knowing people would probably get the familiarity from Wall Street, but it's all the same. Yep. And then another thing besides this, that really important lesson and learning. You know, this is. I don't, I'm flabbergasted. You're teaching your son about finances at such an early age. And this is a basic lesson, you know, don't spend more than you earn. Don't live paycheck to paycheck. I mean, I I don't think he has a paycheck yet, but you have your, however (laughs) he earns his money, you have your 10 bucks allowance. Well, then you're not going to spend 40 bucks this week. And if you want something, you save for it. That's a good lesson to learn because if you don't learn it young, and I'm fortunate that my mother taught us to, you know, pay off your credit cards right away because the interest is always high and that just stuck mm-hmm. with me. And um, mm-hmm. but that's a good lesson to learn because before you know it, you blink and how did that, you know, $100 turn into 900 you know? And <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. crazy. 
So that's really cool in the book. And how you put it together and talk about it is, you know, just very cool. I can't, you know, like very kind of Joe Cool kind of way. I can't think of a better that's word. That's the kid editing. That's the kid editing right there because I had to make sure, like, if it's not cool, a kid's not going to read it. So I had to make sure it had the pace that was flowing with him that he could maintain or it didn't get too detailed. I mean, I know there's a couple parts with the compound interest. It's a little over his head for sure. But the way that the, the story, like you said, there's a lot going on because I got to hold a kid's attention and that's not easy nowadays. It's a distracting world. So his role in that is integral and it's really cool. I'll be sure to share with him what you said. He'll be super proud. Yep. And hope you have them listen. So I'm going to give him a shout out. Corgan, you did a great job editing this book. And did he do all the graphics, most of them? Uh, They're at a level he can draw. So what we did with a lot of the characters is I would ask him what, you know, he thought a mole would look like with glasses on or what a, you know, a samurai rabbit might look like. And then he would sketch his version of it. And then I would um, use my, I have a surface pro with one of the styluses that's pressure sensitive. So I would take his pictures on paper, take a picture of it, you know, upload it onto my computer and then take that onto the graphics program I use and sort of trace over it and like refine the images. So they are my drawings but they're at a level that he can also draw. It's just a little cleaner when I polished them up like that. And then that's how we'll move forward is with his drawings advancing and then I'll sort of teach him, you know, that drawing style and then we'll just kind of keep going together. It's a great bonding opportunity too. Great bonding opportunity and great bragging rights for him because he could say he edited a book when he was 10. How many 10-year-olds can say that, right? Yeah, I know. I'm trying to trying to show them that there's a lot of ways that you can you can do some pretty cool things besides just being an athlete or a rock star. Right. And this is more realistic, too, because there's only so many athletes and rock stars. And I won't share what I and movie stars, celebrities and some are way overpaid. That's all I'll say. OK, so yeah. let's <laughs> <laughs> somebody had a quote once and they said teachers should get paid, but athletes get paid. And then I thought that's pretty good, but never happened. It's Mm -hmm. supply and demand. Mm -hmm. You also made it all black and white, not lawn drawings, but like you said, cartoon style, but not exactly. And you also say at the end, you could, you know, draw your own characters, you can color them in. Was that also for children to be or, you know, preteens and tweens and all that or and adults get them more engaged in the book? Yes, exactly. That was exactly what we were aiming for. And of course, Corrigan gave the thumbs up on that idea. He really liked that idea. So we wanted to make the book not so intimidating. You know, you don't want to draw in a lot of books because you feel like you're ruining it. But this looks like more just an extension of your own drawings. And so I've got a few friends who let their kids go through it. And, and, you know, it is an engaging component to be able to just sort of draw along and just sort of enjoy the story and the characters and maybe discover some artistic talent you didn't know you had because you got that opportunity to just sort of get yourself. And, you know, like I said, the, the, the style was intentional that way with the program that I used to create it. It does allow for that kind of pencil drawing. It almost doesn't look like it's printed. It almost looks like it's just drawn on that page. So that's why we did that to kind of encourage kids like, go ahead and draw. It's okay. You're not ruining it. It looks like you already drew on it anyway. Yes, it does. Exactly how you said it is. It's so true. And that's Laredo on the back. 
That's Lando. That Lando. is the real life the Lando. Lando. Yes, the Lando. real life Lando. 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 He's four back. human years old now. <laughs> four human but four years. Four human years. How many cat years? Oh, four human years, meaning four years old. Yeah, the conversion yeah. is not. They say for dogs, you know, that rule of seven, but that's not accurate. And yeah, neither it's sort for, of like a tapered scale, where it's like the first right. couple years or seven, and then it's like three thereafter, something like that. So he's probably like twenty. Yeah, he's a young dude. <laughs> Maybe something Beautiful. like that. He's like a teenager. Okay, one last thing before we tell everybody where you can buy it. You talked a little bit about black cats in in the book, and. I didn't even know that I, at least, sorry guys, I have dogs too, but I didn't even know for dogs there's a black velvet club. There might be that for cats too, that more people will buy, you know, cats that are not black and dogs that are not black versus ones that are all black. And actually, I think it's in Asia. They think that black cats are actually good luck. So oh. what made you, or maybe have my country wrong. It's Friday, people. So what made you bring in the black cat kind of? concept there well i mean i've i've lived in a lot of a lot of different regions i grew up in washington near the the coast and i lived in the city in sacramento um i've lived in rural north dakota and now i'm in the city again in minneapolis and i've had a lot of friends from a lot of different backgrounds and i have a master's degree in, in criminology law and society and this concept of how we treat one another because of superficial prejudice is really strong. It's it's very in your face today in, in our country. And I wanted to address that. And let, especially, I think this is maybe something that, well, I don't, it doesn't even matter where you're coming from, where we all have misconceptions about people based on nothing more than the color of your fur, if you're a cat. And that's kind of silly. You know, I, I feel like it's really not a, a way that we should still be thinking of one another. And so, with animals, of course, it's a little easier to do something like this and have that very simple concept of like, oh, a black cat, black is dark, black cats, you know, Halloween, black cats yeah. and witches. We all know, we all know how that works. And I mean, we love our cat. Our cat's adorable. There's no way this cat has any bad luck. He's been nothing but good luck since we've had him. Like you said, other countries view it entirely differently. So it's really just a place of perspective in your own mind, in your own communities about what do you determine is good or bad on a superficial level? Why is that superficial level so important in you prejudging something? So we want to keep that flow going, you know, because I think that's something that especially kids, he's heading to middle school soon. I mean, ooh wee, if there's ever a time where you're going to get judged for what's on the outside, yeah. it's middle school. So I wanted to make sure that I got a good foundation for him and his, and his friends, hopefully, and other kids that, hey, just because you might hear that a black cat is bad luck doesn't make it true at all. That is so clever and such so lost for words there. You said it great. I mean, it's such an important concept to convey, especially when you can, you know, communicate that as young as possible. Because you're right, we judge each other based on looks, based on what kind of whatever things we have, how, you know, expensive something, lo all of that. And that's mm -hmm. that's just wrong. So... Yes. Yeah, I think we'd be a lot kinder if we just uh, tried to look past those things. And I uh, just, again, it's, it's a great chance to just spend some time talking to my son. It seems to sink in more if we do it with a project. And the dream is that other kids, too, will be able to sit down with their parents and read it. And then it opens the door for all of these topics to, to be discussed in, in more detail as to your own family's values. 
It's a great book. Now, this is the first in the series. Where can people find Ninja Cat Whiskers of Choice? Uh, it's available on Amazon. You can also go directly to the website. It's ninjacatbook.com. Uh, there's links there, right, to Amazon also. It's available on Kindle, uh, $9.99 for the paperback. And we are going to have another Kindle version soon with pop-up bubbles so that it's easier to read. But ninjacatbook.com and just search Amazon, um, Ninja Cat Whiskers of Choice, or you know, search for Justin Donner, author. You can easily click through there to find it also. Okay, and for everybody that's listening, you know there's always a page that goes with the podcast on Pet Life Radio. Go to Catitude, or you can do a search on the homepage and look for this episode. We'll have a cool picture for you to, so you can see what the book likes. Perhaps you can see Justin and Donna and Justin and Corgan too, and maybe Lando. And there'll be a link to um, his website as well. Alrighty, well, thank you so much, and. Um, talk to you when the next one comes out all right sounds good thank you very much for your time i really appreciate it thank you bye-bye oh what a fabulous show i know i say that a lot but i really enjoyed speaking with uh, justin donner and talking about ninja cat whiskers of choice Uh, if you're a parent this is a great book for your little ones Um, i would say maybe 10 to 15 would like this book or any adults that like to draw it's it's really a cool book it's really great how we put everything together and i would like to shout out to my thanks first um thank you justin for coming on catitude thanks to my guest and thanks to my fur crew which is molly and charlotte and dennis and jethro and sammy and jazz you cats make me the cat lady (laughs) the cat lady of the internet and thanks to um everyone listening thank you so much for making catitude such a popular digital radio show on the internet and especially thanks to my producer mark winter for making me and my guests sound wonderful now keep listening you never know what's going to be coming up on catitude i'm trying to bring you the best all the time if you have any suggestions feel free to email me michelle at petliferadio.com let's talk pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.